0: You're listening to Sermon Audio from First Baptist Church of Van Holstein. For more information about First Baptist Church and our services, please visit www.fbcva.com. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you. I love Family Worship Sunday. Welcome to the service, kids. Um, My buddy Nixon even wanted to sit with me over here this morning. I said, you can sit with me until the sermon, okay, and then... uh, and Then you might have to move back near Mom or Dad or something, but uh, man, we are glad that you are here. Uh, good to see you. Good to see uh, new faces every week, meet new friends, uh, same in the early service. Uh, again, I hope that you're finding this place more like home uh, every single week. There's still a few things that need to be tweaked., uh, we've had uh, a little bit of frustration over the last week or so with some occupancy sensors in the bathrooms kind of embarrassing when you now have 20-some ladies in the building every week with Lionheart and our staff and all that, and you have to tell them, hey, be sure you bring your phone to the bathroom with you because the lights might go off while you're in there. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we're getting that resolved, and uh, it's just all that energy management code stuff and everything else, and so uh, there are still a few things to be done. We know that, and, uh, but uh, thank you for your patience and your grace. I know some of you are finding the spots that you maybe don't want to sit because it's right under a vent. Uh, And so if you're one of those who tends to be a little cool anyway, you might want to bring a sweater or a jacket with you uh, each week. Um, But uh, we are glad that you're here. We're going to go to John chapter 11 this morning, if you would, John chapter 11. Uh, I'm happy to announce to you today that uh, baseball season has started. The world champion Texas Rangers are now set to defend their world championship. I've never been able to say that before. So... Yeah, Uh, but we're talking about much more important things than the Texas Rangers this morning, if you can imagine that. Uh, This morning, we're looking at the second half of John chapter 11. We've been in John's gospel uh, for almost all of last year, and uh, we had a transitionary uh, series of messages leading uh, to our move over here to this new space, and now we've returned to John's gospel. And what we've seen so far is this beautiful uh, portrayal of the emotional life of our Lord. Uh, there's something about death that, uh, it, and what it does to families that disturbs him inside. Uh, it, it's described in the book of Job as the king of terrors. That's, what, that's how death is described there. Uh, and, and it's come in with its destructive forces. And, and Jesus is deeply moved by it and troubled by it and begins to, to, to shed his own tears. And he cries, where have you laid him? Uh, And so, we're going to pick it up in verse number 38 and read down through the end of the chapter here in John chapter 11. I hope that you'll follow along as I read. It says, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did not I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? This man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim. There he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? You'll come out of the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. So Jesus asks this question, where have you laid him? And they point to this rock tomb and the stone that is laid against it and he asks for it to be removed. Martha says, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. Uh, The old King James Version translates it this way, behold, he stinketh. (laughs) And that pretty much says it all, right? That tells us something very important. He's been dead for four days. Uh, and things begin to naturally happen. A body begins to, uh, to go through this natural process that's called decomposition. It's taking place. But understand how important these words are for us to understand what's actually happening here. Let's be clear. This is not just a resuscitation like you might experience or heard of someone experiencing at one of the local hospitals this isn't what doctors and and often first responders do uh, on on a regular basis when you uh, are required to pump someone's chest to ensure that blood is flowing and and then you you say well how long do you do that? Do you do that for 20 minutes? Do you do that for 30 minutes? And then then someone's going to eventually call the time and they're going to pronounce that the person has deceased and so in this particular case we know with certainty that this man is dead and Jesus bows his head in prayer, lifts up uh, to, lifts, lifts it up to his father in heaven and then makes this glorious call Lazarus come forth Lazarus come forth I'm not sure that we have categories to process this It's one of those things, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. Out of all the claims that we we hear sometimes of signs and wonders and miracles, nobody claims this, that someone rises from the dead from a tomb, from a grave where they've been buried for four days. Did I not tell you, Jesus says, that you would see the glory of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And here he is, he's standing as king He's standing as Lord before a tomb, before a grave, before the ugliness and the ravages of of, of death that that is a part of life in a broken, sinful world. And he says to death itself, I love this, I triumph over you. I defy you. And Lazarus comes forth. Make no mistake about it, it is a sign. In verse 47... It's a portrait. It's a picture of what Jesus will do at the end of the age when those in their tombs will rise. I just mentioned that uh, we know that death is a part of life in this broken, sinful world. It was something that uh, was set in motion, we might say, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 with what we know as the, the fall. Every week, a million people in the world die. Some 56 million people every year. About 10 years ago, there was an American surgeon who uh, published a book, and it was entitled, Complications, A Surgeon's Notes on an Imperfect Science. And in that book, he suggested a new covenant between patient and doctor based upon three things he said, fallibility, mystery, and uncertainty. And what this American physician refreshingly says to his readers is that what doctors have to offer their patients is just that. Fallibility, mystery, and uncertainty. For all the studying, for, for, for all the, the, the research that's been done, all of those things, when it comes right down to it, that's what they, they have to offer. And if we can relieve a little bit of pain as we go along, that's a bonus, he says. How different the great physician How different the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And do you see the importance of Martha's statement? I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. Here alone is infallibility. Here alone is full authority. Here alone is certainty in the midst of uncertainty. It is in the Son of God. It's in Jesus I don't know about you, but I'm often fascinated as I study Scripture at what God chooses to tell us in Scripture and what He doesn't. Uh, boy, pastors, you know, we get questions. We're going to be addressing some of those tonight. And so many times I've thought to myself, much like you, man, I wish, I wish the Lord would have just, like, spelled this out for us. You know, A, B, C, D, E. It was just that simple. People ask, what do you, what do you think heaven's going to be like? At the end of the day, my answer has to be, I don't know, but I do know this. Whatever it is, it'll blow our minds. <laughs> it'll blow our minds. People ask specific questions. Will so-and-so be there? Will my pets be there? Will my I just know this. It's going to be so amazing that nobody's going to be in heaven going, You know, this place would really be amazing if only. There won't be any of that. I I, I can't fully explain all that. I just... And so many times uh, we're we're left, and, and for good reason, God in his sovereignty chooses to not tell us certain things. And so in John chapter 11, for example, have you ever wondered why we never hear from Lazarus in this great and famous chapter all about his raising from the dead? I mean, there was a time when I worked on a radio station up in northeast Ohio, and I would occasionally be sent to what was called an actuality, like to the scene. You know, so you think of a, of a television reporter, a news reporter, and they're actually on the scene. Can you imagine this? I know you kids have seen this. You watch the evening, if it's ever on, and they, they have, they're going to tell that. They pull somebody aside and they ask them what they saw, maybe, or whatever. Can you just imagine if they had done that on this particular day? They bring some guy, over, hey, what'd you see? Well, <laughs> I, I'm going into East Texas mode for just a moment, okay? Well, all I know